What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey everybody, welcome into Pickaxe and Roll. Wanted to give a little brief background here. Swipa and I were recording our hour-long episode of Weekends with Swipa, and then immediately after we dropped that, the Justin Holiday news dropped for Denver. We recorded a brief episode after that, instant reaction. That will be at the front of this podcast episode, and then the hour-long thing that we had just previously recorded will be after that. So just know that for the context. Some of the music will be a little bit off just because we're, we're kind of scraping two episodes together. So just understand that at the beginning. Wanted to give a brief teaser here just to know that. Justin Holiday talk at the beginning, and then we will discuss contenders. We'll discuss winners and losers of free agency and, and previous context for Denver after that, though know that in that second part, we did not know that Justin Holiday had been signed to Denver. So keep that in mind. Without further ado, here is Weekends with Swipa. All right, long time no see. I guess we're doing this. Uh, welcome in to Weekends with Swipe. But once again, this is a brief episode. We'll do the the background music real quick and just have a good time. But uh, Justin Holiday is now a Denver Nuggets. Uh, let's uh, let's immediately talk about that, my guy. Uh, Justin Holiday signs with the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Just actually put together this thing right here. Cool. Here we go. We can now officially do this. Sorry, everybody. We're just live. You've just probably watched us, and we can now talk about this. Uh, Pretty funny that Calvin and and Woj are just uh, actively against the Denver Nuggets and the pickaxe and roll and weekends with Swipa agenda, which is too bad. But uh, first thoughts, Swipa. We're going to go live for about 15 minutes. Uh, First thoughts on Justin Holiday. Yeah, again, this is a player that is not a, like, you know, great basketball player from a skill standpoint, but he's long, he's a good defender, he's a player that you can have on your roster to add. If you need a veteran that you can play at times, he's a player you can play at different times. You know, he's not a good creator, but again, like he's a decent ball handler. And again, if you look at the way the Nuggets play, they want to have defenders on the court and people with length and athleticism. He's six foot six, a seven foot wingspan. He can cover the court. He's a good on-ball defender. He's an okay, decent off-ball defender. Again, not heavy minutes, but I'm not going to hold you. This fits the script of the 2022 Denver Nuggets more so than some other options, if we're being honest. Yeah, there, there were some weird things that happened. Like I, I thought that – I've always kind of thought that Justin Holiday was a good fit for the Nuggets. I, I do think that maybe we might be a little bit late on that front. Justin Holiday's 34 now. Like, he's, he's probably – not at a great place where he's going to be this massively productive member of the team, but he makes a lot of sense from a stylistic standpoint, makes a lot of sense for what the Nuggets are trying to do. And just having another option makes sense to me. He doesn't always have to play, but we were just talking about this on, on this last episode. There's a lot of pressure on Peyton Watson. There's a lot of pressure on Christian Brown. Having those guys develop is really, really important for the team but if they don't, or if they're a little bit shaky at times, 
now you have another guy that I feel like you can go to reasonably well. Yeah, look, it's just quite simple. Um, they look for scheme versatility. That's how Malone utilizes his personnel. And Justin adds to that scheme versatility. Again, not a great player. It's not somebody you're going to get heavy minutes to every single game. But I'm not going to lie. I would rather, you know, do Justin Holiday in spots, especially when I need to have players that can play defense, you know, than some others. And so, again, I don't know. You know, it's just – it's going to be a good – it's going to be a good addition to the roster. As simple as that. They needed another veteran. They got another veteran. Yeah, so I, here's here's contextualizing this at least for, for a lot of people. This is the kind of financial flexibility that the Nuggets had. They didn't have a lot. They didn't have great options. Justin Holiday was not on my list of players that I seriously considered. His numbers this past year weren't great. I think if you go back to his previous year numbers with the Indiana Pacers and Sacramento Kings, uh, better numbers there. He averaged 10 points, 2.6 rebounds. 1.7 assists, could do some things, 36.7% from three. For his career, he's a 36% three-point shooter, but especially during his like his actual prime years where, where mm-hmm. he's like 27 to well, – we'll say – we'll not include this last year because it wasn't great, but like 37% from three, 10 points per game, three, three rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.1 steals. He's a solid defender. He's solid at a lot of the things that you need a – a backup wing to be and he has a little bit of positional versatility where he can he can play shooting guard he can play small forward uh and that's that's gonna be okay like that's just another piece of the puzzle that you're gonna want for your team um it's is it gonna be this amazing thing no like i I don't think anybody should be like completely out of left field in terms of that but like this i mean to be fair there are questions him drew holiday who's the best holiday in the family you know (laughs) You could go Aaron Holiday, Drew Holiday, Justin Holiday. Like you've, you've got some choices there, but uh, Lauren Holiday, former Lauren, Olympian. Hey, Lauren, Lauren could she she fights for Lauren. That. I think is legitimately the best. Actually, she's the best athlete in the family. We're being honest. Yeah, probably, probably so. Um, but look, Justin Holiday has long been a good veteran piece. He was great for the Indiana Pacers for a while. Uh, did did some good things for that roster. He was always a guy that I, I kind of wanted and thought, hey, this is a a perfectly suitable veteran option to have on your team uh, and also like when, when it comes down to it if you're in a game six against the phoenix suns and you need a defender out there maybe you're not relying on reggie jackson as much with that second unit maybe you need to have another guy and instead of going to peyton watson maybe you go to justin holiday at various points or maybe instead of going to reggie jackson you go to justin holiday with peyton watson yeah, the yeah ultimate, that's, true. that's the true. ultimate long boy lineup six six <laughs> Six 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 seven. Love that. Love to see that, especially with Eric Gordon, Watanabe coming off the bench, and uh, who else? Kadebay Diop, and uh, who else do they got off the bench uh, with the Sun? Uh, Damian Lee. Damian Lee. Damian Lee. Yeah. So they got a bunch of shooters. So you need switchability. You need versatility. Justin Holiday fits the mold of Calvin Booth. That he wants a long, rangy player that are able to play defense. You know, it's really that simple. No, there's there's no doubt, and. Look, so here's here's where Denver currently stands now from a financial perspective. Uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but they've now, I think, committed to 14 players on their overall roster, if we're including Jalen Pickett into that. Uh, Justin Holiday is going to get a veteran minimum, which is the same number that DeAndre Jordan is going to get. So let me just plug that number in here. 
Denver has just under six million left in room in order to sign this this final player that they're getting. So they could make it Justin, like Justin Holiday. Maybe he's the final guy that they get. Maybe they leave that final roster spot open. That's still something that we've talked about. We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but they also have some flexibility here where if they wanted to trade for somebody, uh, they could. It, they just have to be within six million dollars, and they have to do it by July sixth, so that they could fit into that traded player exception. Otherwise, they're they've got another minimum that they can deal around with, but that's that's basically it. So Justin Holiday, probably the biggest addition that they're going to have to the roster, unless they do something surprising to me. So, but they're they're not going to trade for Alex Caruso anymore. They're not going to trade for Delon Wright. The, I think those ships have sailed unless they also send out Zeke Naji. And that to me, that to me is kind of su- like I would be surprised if they did that based off of adding another wing. Like they just do not have another big to replace Zeke Naji at this point. I would never let you speak that evil on me. If Alex Caruso wants to come to Denver, he's always welcome. Alex, if you're watching this, you have a believer. Um, yeah, it's def- the, the finances are tight. But guess what? This is what happens when you win a championship. Unless you're a 2015-16 Warriors and you win 73 game, and then there's a $16 million spike in the cap, and then Kevin Durant is available, and Steph coming off of a four-year $44 million deal, and now you got a max slot open for the third best player in the world, yeah. this is typically what happens. So it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll 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 see what they ultimately end up doing. But if I had if I had to guess what they end up doing, that they will probably fill this final roster spot that they have with a backup center option or a backup forward option, somebody who has a little bit more size can give them a little bit more versatility in the front line. And I, I think that they're probably done with the guards. Uh, Justin Holiday bolsters the wing depth a little bit. That's at least a nice option to have. Uh, but I don't think it really changes the plan that is Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. You want to see those guys continue to develop. This doesn't change that, but it at least gives them some, some flexibility of like, hey, Peyton Watson, you've turned the ball over seven times in the last 10 possessions. We're going to put in Justin Holiday in your place. And or Vlaco right. Chanchar, you missed another layup. What are you doing? <laughs> put Justin Holiday yeah. in. Going to slide Peyton Watson to the four, Justin Holiday in there next to Christian Brown, and you probably don't lose anything defensively. So that's like that. That's a good thing to have, and he's a good versatile piece for them to have. But it also seems like he doesn't need to play every night. He's going to be a good veteran voice, and and that's something that you need on a team that's still very young, and that that's going to have a really young bench. Hey, the last time the Nuggets signed a thirty-four year old, he started sixty-one games for the Nuggets and led them to the playoffs. So hey, Jeff Green reincarnated, different body. <laughs> I love it. Uh, don't have too many more takes on on Justin Holiday specifically until we figure out what the what the actual depth chart is going to look like, what this final roster spot is going to look like, if anybody. Like they may just decide to leave it open, um, but we're going to find out. We're we're going to f- actually. Well, okay, no. So they've got a uh, yeah Justin Holiday here. Yeah, I, I think I think that this is probably going to be what they go into the season with. As I, as I mentioned, they could try to add somebody else, but now I feel a little bit better. Like you, you, you see the name and you see a guy that actually played good playoff minutes with a team and, and somebody who can, who can stand in and, and just run some functional stuff, adding a holiday brother. It, it's always going to be helpful. I think like that's, that's not going to be, it's not going to be a bad thing for your team. So we will, we will just have to see any, any parting thoughts before we get out of here on Justin holiday. Um, yeah, I'm just, they're adding length and versatility to the roster. They might do it again, but who knows? You know, 
like I said, I do think this team's going to look a little different by the trade deadline, but, you know, we'll see. I, I like the move for the move, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we wanted to go live here just to make sure that we covered it since we didn't talk about Justin Holiday at all in the previous video. So if you're in there, we apologize. We wanted to, but we didn't know. The, of course, Calvin Booth decided to drop that info as as Swipe and I are talking. We're like, we should go live again. Let's let's just uh, let's just share the people what what we actually think is is going to happen. Uh, real quick, we'll we'll make one prediction here. Do they sign or trade for anybody else, or do they leave that roster spot open? I'm going to go ahead and say that they leave that roster spot open. That's my that's my official prediction. I think they trade. They probably trade a player in assets, though, because I think they're going to have their. I think at some point they're going to want to maximize this roster just a little bit more. I think they can make everybody feel a little bit more comfortable going into the season or during the season. Yeah, it, it would be weird if they if they left it open. I I do think that that's going to happen for a financial perspective, but mm-hmm. I think that's it's at least interesting to think about. Like they they don't have they don't have a ton of room. It, it really is this traded player exception, which expires on July 6th. So we'll find out very like in very short order. Today's July 2nd. They've got four more days. If they do that, then then we'll know. Uh, if not, then then they're going to miss a window to add a potentially helpful piece to their rotation with one of the limited financial uh, options that they actually do have. So we will see what they ultimately decide to do. But Justin Holiday, a good player an affordable player, not somebody that I think people had on their radar initially, but the more I think about it, the more it makes sense just to kind of replace what they had with Jeff Green from a different position. I think Jeff Green reincarnate makes a lot of sense. Why? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But look, the Nuggets are adding to the roster. Uh, I, there's still a mood to be made out there, but this is good to get another veteran presence, another option, another defender, another, probably another Michael Malone guy for being honest. Definitely another Michael Malone guy. Uh, that's probably going to do it, though, for, for us on, on this end. We just wanted to go live really quickly to share some perspective with everybody. Uh, outro music in the chat here. Uh, thank you so much for hopping back in with us. Uh, sorry that this was a different video, but we wanted to make sure to give you something instant here. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support. Go give this a like, share out all the stuff. Uh, we will talk to you guys very soon. But next weekend, hopefully we have a better pr- picture of what's actually going to happen. And we'll also talk about Summer League, too. We'll, we'll, we'll have plenty to chat about at those points. All right, folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I'm joined by my guy, Swipe a Cam, here as we are on the weekends with Swipe a Grind uh, here on July 2nd, following a lot of different moves that have gone on, different moves that haven't gone on if you're a Nuggets fan. And, and I think there's a lot to discuss, my guy. So we, we've got plenty of stuff to be able to talk about here. But first, how are you doing? Uh, what, what's, uh, what's the vibe like in the Swipe a Cam house? I'm living, bro. I'm enjoying my summer. I don't know about y'all. It's July 2nd. This is my birthday month. You know what I mean? I'm about to turn up. Uh, get crazy with my friends. Uh, my friends being the swipe of game, my high sports family. You know, have a great conversation. You know, living the life of what it means to be an NBA champion and everything that follows that, including, you know, all the money you don't have to spend on guys that get paid somewhere else. So, yeah, man, this is a interesting conversation going to be had today for sure. 
living the absolute dream, get to complain about everybody else's paychecks, get to complain about everybody else's money. I, I, I was told, I was told that you're not supposed to complain about what's in another man's pockets. But uh, right now, I, I think that a lot of the limitations for Denver are uh, they're, they're more legally based, not necessarily mm-hmm. because they don't want to spend. And, and we'll get into all of that. I'm sure that lots of Nuggets fans are pretty upset about it. Um, here we go. According to Ryan, the season is already over based off of this offseason. You're right. It's done. Can't uh, can't win a championship from now on. You know, it's funny. I said the I said something very similar uh, at the beginning of last offseason, and then they went and signed Bruce Brown. So, look, things can always change. I, I don't want to sit here and say that, that Denver can't turn things around a little bit, uh, but I did want to react to free agency with you. I wanted to talk about some of the moves that the Nuggets made over the course of this past week and, and even like dating back to the draft and, and what they decided to do there. Uh, the real important things, though, like that, that I think it's got everybody pressed. Bruce Brown and Jeff Green are out. Bruce Brown goes and gets the bag from Indiana. Jeff Green also gets more money than what he would have gotten in Denver, basically doubling up his, his salary. Uh, I, I have it pretty firm that Denver was offering the minimum, the minimum that they could to him, which was it would have given him about three million bucks. He went to got six million from Houston and and doubled that money. Which, uh, nope, nope, blame like that. That's that's what Denver could offer. That's what actually it's it's not what Denver could offer. I think that they could have offered just a little bit more to Jeff than what they did, but they actually made that choice. And in making the choice to sign Reggie Jackson, making the choice to bring in DeAndre Jordan again, Denver's now hard capped and they couldn't do some things legally. Uh, like giving Jeff Green more money. So uh, my question to you, my guy, um, what happened and, and why, uh, why Why do you think this is the way that Denver went? Well, you know, Ryan, you gave a nice little preview um, and your nice little spreadsheet because you're a spreadsheet merchant. That's a, some fans and particular fan bases will call you. Data merchant, spreadsheet merchant. I, I, yeah. I got my, I'm, a, I'm a graph guy, according to Matt Moore. Yeah, there you go. Graph, big graph guy over here. Big Embiid guy and big graph guy. Um, so I think that you gave a nice little intro into this could be the most mid-off season possible. Um, and mid meaning it's not as if you failed, but it's just mid. And it's not great, but it's not also good. It's just mid. And I think that's about what it was. I think, you know, Reggie Jackson – getting $10 million, $10.25 million over a two-year period with a player option, Um, and then watching, obviously, Jeff Green depart. Bruce Brown, $22.5 million per year for two seasons with a team option for the Pacers. I love that for Bruce. You win a championship, you play as high as a level as you did, you deserve that money. It's really that simple. And I said, I think, on one of my shows beforehand, that I think him next to Halliburton and Benny, that's great. I think that'd be a great fit. And then it worked out. And so I'm really happy for him. Uh, you know, but this is just kind of what comes with the territory. You know, the Nuggets are paying Jamal Murray, uh, max salary, rookie max extension, Contavious Caldwell, Pope, 15 mil, Michael Porter Jr., rookie max extension. And then they're paying Aaron Gordon, four-year, 92. And they're paying Nikola Jokic, you know, somewhat overrated, obviously, you know, a five-year, $276 million deal um, that starts next year. So, you know, that's just what comes with doing business, man. You got to get these kind of deals done. Um, but the bench, man, 
everybody's watching the Lakers and the Suns fill out their rosters with um, you, you, uh, you know, watching Nobby, and then they're watching, you know, Eric Gordon get signed there, and you know, uh, Kata based Diop, like, yo, where's Kata based Diop for Denver? All that kind of stuff. People are asking that question. Torian Prince, one year, four point five million dollars to the Lakers. Why couldn't the Nuggets offer that? And I think now you see they were prioritizing using their tax level exception on a backup ball handler um, and not an additional wing. So. You know, it's going to be interesting for sure, but I think, you know, this is just what comes with doing business. But I think that the Nuggets personally, Ryan, I think they're going to be kind of a, a little bit of a swim mode until they maybe get to the trade deadline. But we'll see what they do before the season starts. All right. Glass half full perspective here. And, and here's kind of why Denver did what they did. Uh, if you look around the point guard market, there aren't a lot of point guards that went for the same or less money than what Reggie Jackson did. I think the only guys that you could really point to are Patrick Beverly and Dennis Smith Jr. And with Patrick Beverly, he's bounced around to a lot of teams lately and hasn't really found a home. And I think there's a, a reason for that. I, I, I think that he would have been great on Denver from a, a actual playing perspective. But Denver wanted somebody who could run the second unit. And I, I think it's fair to say that Patrick Beverly wouldn't have done that well. Um, and then Dennis Smith Jr., he hasn't really played an important game in his career yet. And, and that's, that's still something that you are trying to figure out when you're, when you're saying, okay, is the grass always greener with these other guys? Maybe, maybe it is. And, and but it also might not be. And mm -hmm. a guy like Dennis Smith jr. Uh, I think the defense would have been great. That's somebody that I think would have been a fun player for nuggets fans to watch. Uh, but clearly the nuggets made their internal evaluations and said that they preferred Reggie Jackson. And, I can't fault them for that until I see it bear out. I, I, I want to let it play out to see what actually happens with a guy like Reggie. I don't want to immediately bemoan the move. I talked about it. I wrote about it in, in various like, hey, here's here's what they could have done. Here's what I thought that they may have sh may, maybe should have done. But even like a guy like Josh Richardson, who I wrote about, like it, it would have been nice to get a guy like Josh Richardson for the minimum but he may not have wanted to come to Denver for the minimum and instead decided I would rather go to Miami where there's no state tax. And I was drafted there. And that would have been a great fit for, for a guy like Josh Richardson. There's a lot of questions that I think Eric Gordon maybe would have been great in Denver. Maybe didn't want to come maybe even for the, the money that Denver would have offered. Maybe they had those discussions already and said, we're not going to do that. Also, maybe Denver promised Reggie Jackson when they bought him out. Maybe they said, we're going to give you our taxpayer MLE back when, when the buyout happened. And that was always going to be the case. Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether that was a thing that happened, but I do think that if you're a Nuggets fan and, and you want to consider like, like this organization being, being at its upstanding, if, if they did in fact make a promise for a guy like Reggie Jackson beforehand to get him here and then went back on that promise, that automatically provides lesser faith. So I, I can I can see that being one of the reasons why they, they went this direction. So hindsight being 2020, I want to ask you kind of a random question. So would you rather the Nuggets last year, they took Peyton Watson at 30. So you have the potential of Peyton Watson, but then they also had Andrew Nimhard was on the board at the time. Would you rather the Nuggets have drafted Andrew Nimhard or would you rather have Andrew Nimhard in this situation as your sixth man, your point guard off the bench, as opposed to what you think you might be able to get from Peyton this year? That's a good question. Like, here, Here's something that I think Nuggets fans need to appreciate. 
Peyton Watson's played 180 minutes, like exactly. 180 and 130 of those minutes came in the final six games of the regular season when nothing mattered at all. Mm-hmm. So I know everybody has a lot of faith in Peyton and they should have a lot of faith in Peyton based off of what he showed based off of the vision. And Calvin Booth has not led people astray just yet. The move that he made for Christian Brown, the moves that he made for, uh, Bruce Brown and, and KCP, like you can say these are all great moves and to wait and see what happens with Peyton. It would be kind of be nice to have a guy like Andrew Nemhart on this roster right now, somebody that you can just pencil into the role that Bruce Brown had. Like that that seems like a really, really great thing that Denver could have could have had at that point. Uh, so hindsight being 2020, I'm gonna take the better player. I think that Andrew Nemhart's gonna be the better player next year. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Hmm. Yeah, Brian, I think right now what I took one of my secondary takeaways was he is Calvin, meaning Calvin and Malone. They're very comfortable with Christian Brown and Peyton Watson um, because that had to be the takeaway. Like, I don't I don't know how you walk away from that without looking at saying, well, your backup small forward is Peyton Watson, Julian, Julian Schrother, and maybe if they want to put Vlaco there. But right now, it's going to be one of those two players. So if that's the case, then it seems like the coaching staff, it seems like the GM, the owners, everybody has looked at Peyton Watson. They've said, we saw enough at the end of the season. We saw enough from him with the Grand Rapids Gold. We've seen enough from him maybe so far this offseason. We are very comfortable with the possibility that Peyton Watson is going to be the direct backup to our historically most injury-prone player, and Michael Porter Jr. And if he has to play heavy minutes, we're comfortable doing that. That is a, it's an interesting take. And, and in my opinion, it's the wrong one. Because if you're a championship contender who wants to be great and, and wants to have the stability of taking advantage of Nikola Jokic's prime as much as humanly possible, then you better be right. Like, that is a that is a major major commitment to make if you are the Nuggets front office, and I just hope like I hope that they're in lockstep. I hope that the Nuggets firmly believe this. I I, I hope that they can continue to uh, go down that route. But it, it does just seem like Denver's one veteran short on that perimeter, and they are probably aren't going to add anybody because they want to let those guys develop. But if those guys develop and they don't develop right, then that's gonna be that's gonna be a really really dangerous place. So that's that's I think a very important question. It's a very important question for Nuggets fans, and I think it's a fair one. I think it's a completely fair one. So this is this summer league with with Peyton Watson. I'm actually kind of interested to watch him now. Like, are you the best player in summer league, or are you getting close to the, being the best player in summer league? That would be something that I'm, I'm actually curious about. So. Uh, no questions about DeAndre Jordan coming back. Like he's a perfectly reasonable 14th or 15th man. I, I don't think that he should play over Zeke Naji. Um, Jeff Green leaving. I do think that Vlaco and Zeke and, and Peyton, I think that they're okay to replace Jeff. It's replacing Bruce. That is obviously the, the bigger issue there. What do you think about – so my only concern that I had with that really, uh, Ryan, was – Zeke Naji and Blocko have both had injury concerns over the course of their career so far, right? So, and they lost Jack White. Jack White, who might not have been, you know, a full active player with them with the OKC. How comfortable are you then that they're 
eighth man in the playoffs and finals last year was lost now. And basically you're bumping up Peyton. So now you have Christian Brown, maybe Peyton Watson as your eighth man and Reggie Jackson as your seventh man off the bench. And then maybe Zeke or Blocko. Um, you know, how do you feel about that in the front court? <laughs> I don't feel great. I, it's not it's not my perfect thing. But what I will say is that when those guys did play last year, uh, independent of the health concerns, independent like when they just were on the floor, I, I found some crazy numbers. I just just bear with me for a second on this stat uh, with Jamal Murray on and Zeke Naji on, and then all three of Bones, DeAndre, and Nikola Jokic off. So what I'm trying to isolate there is the all brief the amount of fingers. minutes where Murray was the backup ball handler and mm-hmm. Zeke was the backup center. Denver was a plus five, like in those minutes, like, a, like actually it might've been even been actually, no, without bones, it was like plus 10. Like, mm. They were actually really good in those particular minutes. Now they included Bruce Brown in a lot of ways. Uh, and so Denver's going to have to replace that aspect of it. But I do think that there's at least some logic to trusting Zeke. And he was way better at backup five than a lot of people give him credit for. It was mm-hmm. the reality of trying to play with Bones, trying to work in Reggie. When you just took out those variables and you put your second best player on the second unit like most teams do, it actually was pretty good. So I think that they're going to be okay with Zeke at the five as long as he can handle it physically. If he can't handle it physically and yeah. if that's part of the equation, then you're, you're, you're working in a lot of potential issues there. Well, I think Zeke's incredible as a mobile five. And I think the best examples of Zeke at the five were the Clippers game. Remember, he got dunked on twice in that game, but he actually played yep. fairly well. And yep. then the Pacers game. Remember, they were running rough shot all over the Pacers. You know, obviously, Bruce Brown's not going to be there for some of those meteoric dunks that he was putting together. Uh, but I think, again, for me, it's just it Bruce's athleticism and his rim pressure that I think are the things most missed. But I think on the other side of this, too, I think there's some players that could have replaced that. But, again, the what I've seen from Peyton so far, Peyton has the tools. It's just will he be able to get up to speed to be able to play high minutes on a championship-level team? We'll just have to see. And, you know, they're going to give him an opportunity to find out. Really quickly, Denver's got two to three open roster spots, depending on what they do with Jalen Pickett. Pretty sure that Hunter Tyson's going to be a two-way. Jalen Pickett might be a two-way as well, and he might fill that third two-way spot, but I kind of doubt it. I think he'll probably be on the full-time. So if he is, then Denver's got seven roster spots and about just under $8 million to play around with. But the only other things that they can really do with that $8 million of space is they've got this traded player exception that's worth $9 million. So they could trade for a player that's worth up to $9 million, but they can't go over the $8 million threshold on that on that super tax apron. That's a the cap logistics that people probably don't want to hear too much about on this pod, but uh, Denver can't really trade for anybody that's over $8 million now based off of that salary cap, uh, uh, the super tax. They could also sign minimum contracts, but those are the only two ways that they can add players. So you're going to need to find a trade partner and you're going to need to sign minimum contracts. Denver also might leave one of those roster spots open to save some money. And, and that, I think it's actually a very uh, likely thing for them to do. So my my guess is on the likelihood of them doing the next thing is they'll sign one more minimum contract and then leave the final roster spot open. So it's going to be a pretty underwhelming thing for Nuggets fans to to have to 
think about. Like I'm, I'm, I don't think that there's much more that they can do unless a trade material materializes that they probably weren't seeing beforehand. Yeah, I think Jalen's going to get that roster spot because they need a third point guard because you know how Malone values those minutes. Um, do you do you foresee a future where Jalen by December January is able to get those minutes over Reggie Jackson? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think if if Reggie's bad and Jalen is a, at least a good defender in that place and is is creating just as many positive opportunities and maybe he can switch a little bit more, which uh, on a on a bench lineup that's projected to have Christian, Peyton, Vlaco, and Zeke, you're going to want to switch everything. Like that just right. makes sense. So I think that Denver could do that with Jalen maybe a little bit more than they could with Reggie. Um, but the offense is going to be a struggle. How uh, – let me see because I'm looking up a certain player. I have a certain player in mind, Ryan, that I think would fit what we're looking at. But he is currently making a good bit of money, so never mind. Do you <laughs> think there's any well, – do, the the heat, do you think the Heat are going to hold on to Kyle Lowry if they get Dame, Dame Lillard or would they, would they waive him? Uh, I don't – like so now I think that that deadline has passed where they could have oh, yeah, waived right. him on that non-guaranteed contract, which I think is what you're talking about here. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they can anymore. And because yeah. he's making, I think it's $29 million or $29 something around there. $29 million. Yeah, Denver can't afford to That's take disgusting. that in. disgusting. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. That's for sure. So I, uh, I do not think that they can really do anything major with that. Um, but I mean, if they had waived him, he would have been a great ad. That like right. I, I would have taken Kyle Lowry over Reggie Jackson. I think easy. Like, yeah. A lot of people would have, would have agreed. No, I mean, I think the Raptors would have given that Dennis Schroeder money to Kyle Lowry if they could have. Yeah, that's uh, honestly probably true. So, um, look, I mean, there's there's not a lot of options left. When and, Dennis Schroeder got thirteen million dollars a year, Ryan, I said, yeah, this is this is wild. We're, we're, the Raptors, the, are, the NBA is all over the place. The Raptors are they they just want to maintain that that uh. That play-in spot that they had. Do you <laughs> think the Jakob Pertl, is that the worst deal in free agency so far? No, like Jakob Pertl's fine. Like he, he's he's a good starting quality center, and that's just what the market is for guys like that. The problem is that they they don't have a roster that's built around Jakob Pertl. Like they've got six foot nine guys and Jakob Pertl, and that just doesn't make much. Well, sense. the rumors they might be trying to start Scotty at the point, and I'm just like, I just Scotty, OG, Pascal, Jakob, and uh, you know, OG. Gary, Tra- oh, OG, yeah, uh, okay. If that's if that's what they want. Like that, I mean, they're not going to be very good. Like they'll be a good defense, but it's right. also not about like it's not just about size on the defensive end. You have to be like as connected as possible. And and I just I don't see a group like that playing very well together. And their offense is going to be bottom five. Yeah, that's rough, man. I I just. Uh... So, who was a player that you were you, you were targeting in your brain that you thought the Nuggets could be able to get, and then what did they end up getting? Um, well, based off of the actual money, like right. Oh, you you mean you mean with trades? Um, with trade or with yeah, within reason that you had in your brain. I thought that I thought that Yuta, who went to mm. uh, Phoenix, would have been interesting. Uh, I think Cole Anthony makes some sense. Like he, he's, he's a guy that like in that 2020 draft class, along with Zeke, I think that like just doing Zeke in a second for Cole Anthony makes a lot of sense for both teams. Mm. But then you're, if you're Denver, you've got to make sure to sign a minimum 
center that that can right. also do some of that stuff. Uh, but that that it just doesn't make much sense to me now because now you have Reggie and you've got Cole Anthony and Jamal Murray and Jalen Pickett and Colin Gillespie and you're just too small. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that kind of takes it off the board. You probably want somebody who's a little bit bigger. Like they could still get Delon right, but now they have to send out salary in order to do that. So that's that's a that's a tougher one now. So I don't know. I don't know what they're they're ultimately going to do. Like Delon right and for Zeke Naji in a second round pick makes some sense still, but uh, the the options are limited. And I, I Chris Dunn still makes some sense because he's at the tail end of the the Utah Jazz roster. But I'm just I am not super happy about and super like up on where they're going right now. The Nuggets. Yeah, just because like they they do not have an avenue if Christian Brown and Peyton Watson don't like become sixth and seventh man. Well, let, let's play. Let me let me be Mister Positive, all right? Because riding <laughs> down in the dumps right now, everybody. So, what's the upside? What what is the best outcome for the Nuggets bench and for Peyton and for Christian? Um, I think the best avenue is. Christian developing a little bit of a little bit of off the dribble skills, a little bit of creation, Peyton Watson doing a little bit of the same thing. And then those guys kind of piecing together what Bruce Brown did from a playmaking perspective. Like, cause Peyton was a, like the, the idea of him as a point forward. That's, that's what mm-hmm. people want to see with him. And and maybe he can do some of that. Maybe, maybe well, again, this is highest optimal. So no, maybe this is the okay. highest possible okay. outcome. Then they do that. And Reggie shoots the ball really well. He's, he's a little bit more efficient than what he was, obviously. Mm. Uh, Vlaco gets back to shooting well. Zeke gets back to shooting well. And, and if you're like, it would be nice to have Zeke Najee shooting well, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but between those five guys, you get enough positive shooting and enough switchable defense that it's actually a better bench rotation than it was last year. That's the positive view. Do I think that's all going to happen and line up? Probably not. What's the <laughs> Ryan's? The ship is sinking. It's falling. We can't rescue it. What's the worst possible outcome? Um, the worst outcome is that Reggie is cl- clearly the bones fits where it's not good, and you could see it from the beginning. And that's like the piece that everybody's like staring at. Like you have to be better. They immediately go to Jalen Pickett or Colin Gillespie, and neither of those guys can really fill that void either. They have to trade for some other piece uh, that they can get during the middle of the season. But then that means that they can't bolster the rest of their roster where it needs it, and and they're suddenly left with a a pretty flawed, an extremely flawed bench, and their starting five is all playing 40 minutes a night. Mm. Yeah, you know. I'm not that down for sure. I'm not also, but I, I here I will say this: Peyton Watson showed he does have the ability to do some creation, mostly in transition. So we'll see how they continue to elevate that. And again, if Peyton can come in and be, I, I'll say this: Peyton has a higher, I think a a tier higher, a tier and a half higher defensive ceiling than Bruce Brown does. Can we agree on that? Than Bruce Brown is, um... like I think he can be like an All NBA level defender. Yeah, I guess I could see Bruce being. I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't that though. So, 
Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I see his ceiling being higher. I, I think we're we're getting into degrees there in terms of like what their actual impact is. But given what Peyton can do from a stocks perspective, I, I think I agree. I think I so agree with that. Maybe if he taps into that, I think that's what needed. If he can lean into that and he becomes like a defensive ace like he was the end of the year, but that's like who he is. Like yeah. you put him on the court basically, the nuggets have like a one on one regular season defensive rating type deal. That'd you know great. what I mean? That'd be great. I think that makes up for it. Yeah. In, in those final six games, he averaged 1.7 blocks in like 22 minutes a night, but he also shot 25% from the from three and 60% from the free throw line. So right. there are there are levels, and and he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to be young. But like, this is a bet on him. This is a bet on him. And if you are a positive Nuggets fan that wants to bet on the internal development of the team and what they've done with Jokic, Murray, MPJ, guys like that, Christian Brown especially then sure. Like, I, I don't see any reason why he can't reach a higher level. The question is whether he can do it consistently for a championship contender. And I think that's a clear up for debate. Right. Right. Yeah. We're going to find out for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a break then. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, Dame Lillard, James Harden, and some of the biggest winners and losers in free agency. And then we're going to rank contenders after that but first everybody this podcast as you know it's brought to you by superbook sports the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to vegas and now when you use promo code mile high you will score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus win or lose superbook's going to match you with promo code mile high make sure to download that app use the promo code they can get you 250 bucks as long as you are connected download the superbook sports app visit superbook.com for terms and conditions Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipe Up. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for the love and support on the pod. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to the channels that you're watching on, whether it's the Mile High Sports channel or if it's the Swipe It Cam YouTube channel. These are awesome. We love to do them as consistently as we can. I just got a Twitter notification, and it's just a story about Miles Bridges. Okay, no worries. Um, let's get into the rest of this show, my guy. Let's talk about. Um, let's talk about Dame Lillard. I'm not surprised that this went the direction that it went. I think that it is like from a, from a team perspective. And that's how I kind of think about these things. Him waiting to make this official trade request until after Jeremy Grant signed a five-year $160 million contract is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you're, if you're the Blazers, you're like, well, why do we do that? Why do we do that now? (laughs) And, but I think you're, if you're Dame, you're trying to take care of your guy, you're taking care of your teammate. And that's perfectly reasonable. I understand that. Um, but it is going to put the Blazers into a really tough position. They are probably going to be horrible. Where do you think Dame goes? And, and what do you think of, of Dame's request? Yeah, about time. About time, Dame. Um, probably two years too late for me. Um, Miami Heat would be ideal. I think him, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, with Caleb Martin, and whatever they do with the four, Haywood, Highsmith. Matter of fact, if I'm creating a lineup, Damian Lillard, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, Haywood Highsmith, and Bam Adebayo would be asinine. <laughs> would be an asinine five to close with. Um, 
I think that's a really good move for him. I think Damian Lillard was the third best offensive player in the NBA last year for me. He averaged 32 points a game on 65% true shooting and had averaged eight assists a game as well. He was bonkers the entire series. He played 58 games last year, and they shut him down. So I think he'll be excellent. Um, if he goes to them, I think they'll be a final contender easily. I think if he goes to Philly, you'll have two disappointing playoff performers on the same team with a chance to redeem themselves and Embiid and with Dame. So I think that actually would be a good fit. They would have to get rid of Tyrese Maxey, obviously. Um, and then the other fit, I think the only other one that's optional is uh, the Nets. So Damian Lillard, Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Nick Claxton. I love that. I, I think that's the a Nets nice the best possible fit. Um, I know I know everybody wants to see him in Miami, and I think he wants to see him in Miami, if we're being honest. But I love the idea of that Brooklyn fit because it's it is the exact kind of roster that you want to surround Damian Lillard with as your best player. I think in Miami, in in, in a place like that where you're you're kind of it's the back and forth between him and Jimmy. Bam is going to need his touches as well. It's not like like Bam is a, a great defensive center, as is Nick Claxton, but I kind of love the idea of a couple of high-level role players around Dame and still letting him kind of be that best player and see what he can do in a place like Brooklyn. But, I mean, we're, we're like, either of those options is great for him in terms of trying to pursue a championship. What would they trade for him, do you think? If it's, if it's Brooklyn? Yeah, like um, they want to keep Mikel and, and Cam, so. Yeah, it would be, it would be Dinwiddie. It would be some matching salary along with Dinwiddie, like Royce O'Neal or somebody like that. You have to get a couple of their young draft picks, and then you've got to send out. What's his name uh, off the bench? Uh, uh, Cam. uh, Cam Thomas. Yeah, Cam Thomas. He, (laughs) it would be, I, I. I actually don't think that Portland would want a guy like Cam Thomas because I think it just kind of takes away from Scoot, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, players like that. Yeah, he'd be a good six man for them to like fill it up. But I, I just don't think Cam Thomas is not the right guy to commit to your development if you want to like go really high. If you if you want to become a title contender in my mind, but I mean, who knows? Like maybe maybe they would want him like that. but then it would be like three first round picks, as many swaps as you can you give up, and then try to outbid a team like Miami. But Miami can't throw that much out there if they're like they they don't have a lot of interesting pieces. The only thing is Hero, and I, I'm not sure if I want to commit to Hero. If I no, I think forward. Hero, I think Hero's going somewhere else. It'd be a three team deal with Hero. Yeah, and that's like this is why I want to connect this with the James Harden stuff because I think that the right move for both of those teams is to send Damian Lillard to the Sixers, James Harden to the Clippers, and then stuff to Portland, like just mm-hmm. to try to make that work. But if I'm if I'm Portland, I'm like, what stuff do the Clippers and the Sixers have that I really like? Maybe it's Tyrese Maxey. Well, yeah, at that point, Dame there, you don't want Tyrese Maxey and Damian Lillard. So, yeah, I think Tyrese Maxey with Scoot, Shaden, and Anthony Simons, you know, I think that's the only problem. I, I, I don't want to touch anything other than those three. I don't want anything disrupting Scoot's development, Simon, Anthony Simon, and I think Shaden Sharp could be a monster. So Incredible athlete. And like just the exact kind of wing that you want, I think. You think he's – you think he's, I think he's 6'6". Six, six. Would you rather – you think he can develop into a three? Uh, 
I think he's a wing and like right. that, that to me is two, three. And I've always thought of this as like, you've got a, you've got your guards that are one, two, your wings are two, three, your forwards are three, four, and your bigs are four, five. That's, that's sort of how I, I try to lay it out. But so I think he could do both. And I think in the, in the NBA, you've got to be able to do both. So if he can't, then that's actually like a pretty negative thing for him, but I think he could probably make it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I think name are going to the heat. I think the Nets would be a sweet place for him. Now, Mikael Bridges, I think, would be an all-star level player next to Dame. You know, I think he can give you 23 points a game, good efficiency, really good defense. Cameron Johnson, what? No, I mean, it's 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 a really nice, like, that to me is a really fun situation where you could see a guy like Dame trying to set up Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges as much as possible and then taking over when he has to in the fourth quarters and just going off for 35 or 40 when he needs to. Like it's, I, yeah. I love the idea of that. And I love the idea of him in the East, like being the actual best point guard in the East. And then look, that vertical spacer and the defensive flexibility Nick, Nick Claxton would offer behind Damian Lillard. Agreed. Yeah. They could be a positive defending team as well. So yeah, I think that's a great option. I just don't think it happens. Yeah. It's probably going to be Miami. And if that's the case, then, They'll be great. They'll, they'll be really good. Do I think it changes them tangibly from the team that Denver just faced? Not really. Like, it, it makes them a better offense, but I'm not like, no, it, it actually, never mind. It does, it does change things tangibly. Like, trying to, trying to score, like, with Dame in pick and Would roll. They be the East different. favorites. Do you think they'd be the favorites in the East? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I would, I would have them as a favorites. Like, was Milwaukee, like, Milwaukee, I think, is in Boston, like, to me, both of those teams are kind of stale in a lot of different ways. And like I think Dame would immediately walk into being a top five player, like and has the potential to be a top five player in the entire league if you're in that system. Like there's there's something there. Right. Woof. Um, yeah, we'll see. That'd be cool. Uh what about James? What about James Harden? Dude, where do you well, think he goes? He's going to the Clippers. Yeah, that's just gonna happen. Yeah, he's going to the Clippers, and they're going to have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Probably, who do, if they have to keep one of them, they're going to keep the worst version. So they'll probably keep Roko, and then I think he'd be good Zubac. And I think that actually would be one of James Harden's best teams he's ever played with. Oh yeah, I, I would, I would, I'd love that fit for them. Like I, I think that it actually makes more sense than a lot of people are saying. Um, that is one of the few big three combinations between Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Where I think you can actually legitimately say it works. Mm -hmm. um, Harden's going to set the table for those guys. He'll take a lot of burden off of those guys, and then you can always stagger, and you get to a you get to a setup where during the important games of the regular season, where two of those guys are on the floor at the same time at all times, like that to me is great. Like that that's what you want from a big three like that, and I, I think that Harden makes a lot of sense in that regard. Um, do the Clippers then become? Actually, no. We'll, we'll we'll do that after. Like, actually, no. We'll we'll answer we'll answer it now. Do the Clippers become on the same level of the Nuggets and the Suns if that happens? <laughs> Nuggets and Suns. Uh, interesting. You put them all in the same tier <laughs> together. Uh, I think the Clippers absolutely are the same tier as the Suns, no doubt. I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player between all of the players on both of those teams. And if he's healthy with James and with Paul George, that's Big nonsense. If. Big if right there. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know, bro. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, that's, 
That's that's a lot. Think about James Harden's playmaking next to their shot making. Like, and then even him getting to the rim at times in a regular season setting. Yeah, and then if they go small, I mean, they're going to put, you know, Roko out there with, like, I mean, technically you could put Kawhi at the four. If they keep Terrence Mann, which is, I doubt, but if they kept Terrence Mann, they could have Harden, Mann, George, uh, Kawhi with Roko. That's that's a sick lineup, bro. Oh, it is. It, there's there's no doubt that it is. I uh, I love the idea of it in general. Like, it's it, it's – I don't trust each of them individually, but right. I just assume that together they'll make it work. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with that. But uh, it's it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, right now, what what's the biggest winner in free agency for you? Which teams? Oh my gosh, there's so many super teams. The Clippers are going to have a super team. The Lakers have a super team now. the 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 Suns have a super team now. Beal, Booker, Durant, and then Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, and then the Lakers. Man, they loaded up. Man, they got Torian Prince. They got uh, uh, what's the name? Jackson Hayes for nothing. <laughs> then they get Austin Reeves back for four years, fifty-six million dollars. Rui, Hot that is Burr. a good like, that that Austin Reeves deal is really good. I know you're kind of talking out. No, I'm not. Right. I'm not. This is good. It this is, is kind of funny though. It's like man, Jackson Hayes. Woo! Oh yeah, here we go. No, Jackson's <laughs> a good player. <laughs> He's fine. he's a good vertical spacer. Oh yeah, good for him. <laughs> and uh, but I think he can play next to AD in certain lineups. Now yeah. again, oh, yeah, you got to remember. You got to remember. Remember when they were playing uh, CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, uh, Brandon Ingram, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas? They yeah, were yeah. murdering people. They were <laughs> yeah. killing people. So yeah. that I think was Jackson- also the game. If if I recall, that was also the game that Jokic had like forty six and then thirty in the fourth quarter in OT. Was that that was that that game? I think so. Okay, it could have been. But I'm saying like they were still good and they were I think they were they had a top 10 net rating over the course of that stretch when they were playing that lineup. And Jackson Hayes with AD playing versus Joker or playing versus another big that gives you some versatility options there, two great rim protectors, you know, I guess conceptually. Uh Rui got 3 years 51 and then they get Gabe Vincent for 3 years 33. Yeah. Hey. No, I, th- I think they got better. I-, I do think they got better. I think there's there's no doubt about it. It's just the it's funny that you led with Jackson Hayes as opposed to Gabe Vincent. <laughs> well, I forgot. They made me sign so many people. I had to they go did. through the list. They did. And don't forget Cam Reddish, man. Like Cam Reddish, yep. Cam <laughs> Reddish. What well, former the players once said that he would have a brighter career than Zion and RJ Barrett, by the way. I mean, that trio has not had a great start to their careers so yeah, far. Unfortunately. That's for unfortunately. sure. Uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, no, I, I think I think you're right. I think if if we're if, like, do you, do you consider the Houston Rockets a winner? Like, oh, I love what they did. They spent money they had to spend, but they're yeah. starting. Think about their top their top ten. It's going to be Fred VanVleet, Jalen Green, uh, I think Dylan Brooks, Jabari, and then it's going to be Alperen Shingun with. Uh, Kim, Kim, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Amen Thompson, uh, Tori Eason with uh, who's going to be their backup for? Uh, they signed hey, somebody Chante. else. I think they might get rid of him. I mean, if they do, then that would be a good one for Denver to pick up, just like some I think depth so. there. Jock um, Landell to five as well. They've got Jeff Green now. Oh, yeah, Jeff Green. Yeah, that's, that's a good one to have. Wait, like, hold on. We're missing one of their young players, though. No, oh, oh, oh no, no, no. That's where I messed up. It's Cam Whitmore at the three, and then Torrey Eason at the four. I, d- I mean, maybe Cam doesn't play. Like that, that wouldn't surprise me actually if he doesn't play. 
Dude, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's also, if he had some some injury concerns, then you might want to get healthy and get right. Like, that That wouldn't surprise me if they're well, like, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm assuming he's healthy as well. Yeah. If, if he is healthy, then, like, that's that's an interesting one to have. But, like, I also can see them deciding, yeah, or, or somebody like Adoka saying, we need Jeff Green to play so that he could be, like, so give them some actual well, Jeff Green's going to play over Tari Eason? No, I mean, they, they'd play Tari and Jeff together. And then we got I think Cam Whitmore would be out the rotation. It wouldn't surprise. Maybe he plays the two, and then they then they have Eamon Thompson out there, and then they just bench Kevin Porter, which what also would be okay with me. No way! You don't like Kevin Porter Jr. Does is that a serious question? Like, I like Kevin Porter. He's a good player. Yeah, he's really good with the hezzy step back Jimbo's. Yeah, that's great. Cool, man. Like, can you like run a team and run some defense? Like, that would be that would be nice. Like, Kevin I, Porter Jr. would be the fourth best Nugget, by the way. I'm just kidding. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> wow, Ooh, man, that just just okay. I'm I'm low on the Nuggets right now, and I'm not that low. That's that's wild, uh, <laughs> man. Although, although I will say, Kevin Porter Jr. might not be a bad – like, I, I'd take him as the backup point guard in Denver, probably over Reggie. He would be – man, first off, let me let me get a run real quick. When he got waived by the Cleveland Cavaliers, I lost my sauce. Nuggets, you would rather have Faku Campazzo over Kevin Porter Jr.? And he went to the Houston Rockets and immediately validated why he was signed. Got a $20 million a year deal. He's a good player. He just was with Steven Silas and Jalen Green. And we all saw that Jalen Green's not as focused as you want him to be at times. So, hey, you know what? Send him to the Denver system. I think he'd be good. Just just as a reminder, he also pulled a Bones Highland and decided he didn't want to go into the game. Uh, back. He was young. You know. He still, he still is. Still is. <laughs> still is, my guy. Uh, if you could, okay, if you could, if you could rob any team in the Western Conference of one of their young players that's not like a marquee young player, who would it be? Oh, see, now I, now I got to think of it. Okay, give me an example so I can think Like of a it. role, like a Trey, like a Terrence Mann or a Trey Mann, Trey Jones, a little bit, maybe even like a, a, a Kendrick Williams, but a little bit less than a Kendrick Williams. Everybody knows about Kendrick. Yeah, no, I, I was, I was, the first name that came to mind was Kendrick Williams from OKC. Right. Um, what about Josh Green from Dallas? Uh, that's not a. That's not a let's no play. They're not letting him go. He's yeah, the only two-way wing they have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me Kenny Lofton Jr. from the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd probably probably not. I, I'd, okay. I'd say uh, if I, if I had to pick other than them, like man, this is just. Is there somebody on the Pelicans bench that I could that I could dig out that like? I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a little too high, but Trey Murphy. I don't know. Najee Marshall. Trey Say it again, Marshall. Ma- Najee Marshall would be good for this team. Like, right? He'd be, he'd be like just literally putting him onto the roster. I think gives me a little bit more confidence because you can always go to somebody like that and say, "This is how a professional basketball needs to play, Peyton. This is how a professional basketball player needs to pe- needs to play in these situations." Right. And I think that's that's super helpful for a lot of teams. So, right, uh, he'd be good. Um, Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels. I mean, Dyson Daniels would be great. Like he, he's like the new Lonzo ball who hopefully doesn't have as many injury issues. That'd be cool. Right. Um, what about losers? Just, just, we'll talk about those guys quick. 
Are the Nuggets the one, one of the, the biggest the Nuggets? Yeah, of course. They lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Yeah, They're, I think, you know, it's, think it's fair. Six, six and eighth man um, in a championship run. Uh, the 76ers look terrible. They let Jalen McDaniels go. Yeah. They traded Matisse Thibel. Oh, oh, by the way, Jalen McDaniels going to the Toronto Raptors is the most like perfect. Like it's it's just like perfect for everybody involved. Right. Like, that's your that's your vision six nine. That it's, he's the perfect candidate right there. How much did he, how much money did he get? It was just like uh, I think it was biannual exception. So like two what? years, nine million. Nine million dollars is what he got. Like for two years. So like four point five. Ish. Man. I think. Uh, let me see. Biggest losers. Um, let me see. You know what? I'm going to say it. I'm one of the biggest losers. Okay. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> because Nikhil Alexander Walker got $9 million over two years. And I was so beyond frustrated. I, I literally like shook within my body when that happened. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go to the Nuggets. Me. Um, I'm going to say the 76 are below that. Yeah. Um, other biggest losers who spent. I think the Raptors are losers. Yeah, of course. They got they are. Fred Van Fleet. They have no point guard. Dennis Schroeder and Scotty Barnes are your two point guards. Nah. Yeah, I think I think those are my losers, probably. I think that's probably fair. That's that's if if uh, if Miami doesn't get Dame, then they're a loser for me because they let Max Struess go, uh, they let Gabe Vincent go, they've let all these other guys on the fringes go, but and they don't really have a way to replace them. So, like that would be that would be one for me. Um, who else? Who else makes sense? Um, Clippers, if they like, they let Eric Gordon go, if they do not, they did get KJ Martin from the Rockets, so that's that's one that I, I got to laud them for that. That that's a good, athletic young guy for them to add to their mix. Um, Milwaukee had to pay Brook Lopez a bunch of money and. Because Houston kind of leveraged them. That's one right. where I'm, I'm 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 watching Milwaukee. That that one I think has a strong way to to maybe blow up in their face a little There's bit. There's always a lot of smoke around Giannis being traded. Is that yeah. coming out of his camp too in the last five years? I doubt it. I doubt that it comes out of their camp. I think it's more just people like us being like, oh, they look a little weird. Like that they she should probably go. Um, but it's it's kind of true. Like they they haven't been great. Oh, by the way, uh, the Chicago Bulls, uh, A.O. Desormu and and, uh, and uh, Alice Caruso with Javon Carter. Like, what are we doing here? Like, we I, have too I, many point guards. I would love that. And they also re-signed Kobe White. So, like, they, they have another guard. They let Patrick Beverly go, which was not surprising. I thought that he would be a target for Denver for that reason. But uh, it would be interesting to see. It, what it could the Nuggets give them and what could they give the Nuggets? Oh, so A.O. Desormu, they can't, they can't give anybody – anything other than a minimum, but like, I think that the, if they wanted to, they could trade for Alex Caruso with that TPE, uh, but they and have to first, do it before July 6th. Uh, you think it's with the swaps too? Yeah. You got to get second round picks. You got to get like first round swaps like that, like as, as much as they could possibly want. Maybe okay, they maybe how, you send out Zeke Naji too. And that, that'd be something. How would you feel um, if the Nuggets made a, made a move for Alex Caruso with the TPE? Let's say two uh, two seconds and one swap. That'd be great. I I give up what what you need to to go get a guy like that who would absolutely be in the closing rotation in some ways. Like he'd be so good. <sighs> Let me just picture this in my mind. Okay, just give me a second. Alice Caruso, the original with the great hair, 
version of Alex Caruso, <laughs> next to Peyton Watson, next to Nikola Jokic. Okay, I got it in my brain. Let's, let's, a, a defense let's would be nuts, bro. Nuts! nuts! Just absolutely crazy. That would be unbelievable! <laughs> they, Caruso's a better defender than Bruce Brown was. Yeah. Like, now that's a player that's like, I think there's a significant gap between him and Bruce. And that's one of the only players, but that's because Caruso legitimately is one of the best on ball defenders of the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, they, the, they, they had a top two defense with him and Lonzo on the court and him and, and him and uh, uh what's the name? Uh Patrick Bradley on the court together. Yeah. I mean, no. With 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 the call of Vucevic behind them. <laughs> Jokic is a better defender than Vooch. Like there's there's no doubt about it. Like they can now Jokic trying in this regular season is not going to be a better defender no, than Vooch. No, but like no, when you get to the playoffs, like you can absolutely see Caruso. Wait, I, I, I've been Brown. thinking about this. What do you think you're gonna get from Joker this regular season? Uh, you're probably getting around the same numbers statistically, but like less effort on the defensive end would be my guess. Uh, so you're getting like 24 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. I don't think you get up to 10. And Murray takes on a little bit more of a playmaking load. Porter takes on a little bit more of a playmaking load. That's the question, sir. Yeah. Jamal Murray, I said this on Twitter, eligible for a three-year 144 extension. He saw... He saw that guy, Fred Van Fleet, get a three-year, 133 extension. Yeah. Do you think Jamal Murray signs that, or do he bets on himself to make third-team All-NBA next year? I think that he's going to sign it, but, like, mm. I also I, – I mean, I could see it both ways. Like, it's a tough right. call for him because I, right. I think that you want – like, in my mind, you would want him to – you you would want him to lock in and be like, hey, we're, you're going to be with us for a long time. We're taking care of you, even like with the injuries. Like, screw that. We're gonna we're gonna take care of you. You're our guy. Uh, but him betting on himself, if he does get hurt, like Denver then put him to a really tough position. So, I uh, like it's also like 50 million a year for a guy that's never made an All Star team. So like that's a really good deal if you're Jamal. Like I, I think, but. I don't know. We're, we're going to find $48 out. $48 million for him? I got to watch Jalen Brown get 290 Yeah. Hey, man, that's that Boston media market for you. <laughs> oh, he was second-team All-NBA last year. I know. I know. But he was, he, I think he deserved All-NBA last year. I'm just saying, like, I think Jamal clearly showed he better, especially yeah. in the playoffs. I do agree. Like, there's there's no doubt. But also, like, the – the all-star appearances are built on regular season production and he just hasn't had a ton of that. And I, I know that. So like, that's, that's I have a, a question. Yeah, what do you up? think Jamal Murray will be next year? Fully healthy. Let's say he plays 70 games next year, because that's about what he played 74 anyway, 72 when he was normal. So yeah. like, what do you think Jamal Murray does coming off the championship averaging 20, uh, 27, uh, six and five over the course of the entire playoff run? I think that he probably averages like 23 and seven or 24 and six or something like that in the regular season. It's really tough for individuals to really stand out in Denver's offense because everything's going to run through Nikola Jokic for the most part. But I think that one of the things that Murray's going to do is when they do end up staggering, because this bench is not going to work when they do end up staggering and, and Murray goes to the bench and he goes to the second unit to lead that group. He's going to be better as a playmaker, as a as a scorer with that group, and he's going to get up a lot of shots and a lot of plays. So, I think that twenty three and seven, twenty four and six, something around there, and he makes his first All Star team. I think that that's a very fair like expectation for him. And if he falls short of that, then that's that's a little bit a little bit surprising to me. 
Yeah, I think he's going to be around 23 and 7. Um, I think him and Joker are going to be in like regular season. We're going to get you to where we want to get you by the end of the game, and we're going to wash you by the end of the game mode. I think that's how they're going to play. Like, all right, mid, mid, mid. All right, a little pressure here, here, here. And then the fourth quarter, clamps. You know, that way they can spend like 70% of the energy all year. And if they get up, if they, I think they'll win about 56 games next year. But I think it's, it's all going to come down to how far ahead they are or how much they need to catch to get to the one seed. Should we re-rank championship contenders or save it for another podcast and then everybody be like, but you use the title. Are the Denver Nuggets still favorites in the Western Conference? Well, I, well is that the title of the episode? That's the current title, yeah. It's All right, great. yeah, let's, let's, let's recommend it. Yeah. We should probably do it. Um, okay, so we I think we're going to focus on the West. Um, I'd rather avoid focusing on the East just because, like, you got to get through the Western teams, and that's that's where right. if you're if you're a Nuggets fan, that's where you're at. Um, last year, the Western Conference standings were Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix, L.A. Clippers, Golden State Warriors, Lakers, Timberwolves. Uh, that's the that's the top eight. Other teams that could potentially break into that: OKC, New Orleans, Dallas. Probably not Utah unless they decide to trade for Dame. And then maybe Houston if they like just just push really high. Uh, I, I sort of doubt that they will, but who who knows? Uh, in that top eight, is there any reason to believe that the Nuggets are not the best contender in the West? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, there's three super teams in the Western Conference. Uh, you know, you got the Suns, you got the Clippers. I think Harden's going to be there. I think the Lakers, you know, they have one of the most well-rounded rosters in the NBA, plus LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You know, there's going to be people picking them to come out, you know, now with this rebound roster they have. And now they got, uh, you know, Darvin Ham, second year. Frank Vogel's with the Suns now. Obviously, the Clippers got Ty Lue, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you know, for sure. I think that I would say if I had to rank them, I'm saying everybody fully healthy. I'm going to say Nuggets. I'm going to say the Clippers with James Harden. I'm going to say the Suns and the Lakers, I think, would be my top four. Then I would have maybe the Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Kings. Probably the Kings and the Grizzlies. So that's six and seven. And then eight. Healthy. Minnesota. They added some pieces. Pelicans. I healthy. It probably should be the Pelicans because that right. just infers that Zion's actually going to play. Right. Um, I think it's fair. I think it's a fair list. I, I I wouldn't wouldn't argue with it that much. I think the Clippers, if they were to make that trade, I think people are underselling how important a nice like playmaker point guard type ball handler decision maker how important that would be for them just from a regular season perspective just like right. it, it would it would absolutely change them playoffs and and when it comes down to matchups and things like that it would be really fascinating to see what the clippers big 3 and because if that's what it ends up being if it were them going against the lakers or them going against the suns how those matchups would break down that must see tv yeah, it's actually it's really fun to think about. I think they could beat. The, I think they would beat the Suns because I think they're better at what the at what they do than the Suns are at what they do. Yeah, and I think the Lakers. I think I actually think the Clippers legitimately could beat everybody from the Lakers to both the Lakers and the uh, 
and the Suns if they need to, if they were healthy. Yeah, and then other teams like the Kings and the Grizzlies just just not really in that same tier at that point. Right. Um, who else would like? Can we can we even count? Like, what about the Warriors? What are you are you are you down on the Warriors? They don't. Um, uh, it's not great, Bob. Uh, <laughs> you know, they uh, their their clothing lineup, closing lineup. I put this together. Everybody laughed at me. They called it the Life Alert lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be. CP3, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. How do it you feel about that? It ain't that bad. I, I like it. I think that it's an interesting one where as long as you're not going up against a team that has size, I think that that's a great lineup. And, and I think Chris Paul will make a lot of great decisions with that. And he'll set up Steph and he'll set up Clay in ways that even Draymond couldn't really do because there's, there's a difference between running pick and roll and running the DHL. And, and like running pick and roll as a ball handler, like you could see Steph and, and Clay just like sprinting around the perimeter as floor spacers for that group. I actually, I like it. Uh, now, whether that actually means anything and if they, they can't like really guard anybody with that small of a group, I think that's fair. But I think I would probably like what I had before free agency and before seeing what the Lakers did, seeing like if the Clippers actually were to get hardened. I had it as Nuggets, Suns, Warriors in my top three regular season teams because I just think that like CP3 will be able to run a lot of those units that Steph Curry's not on the floor for. So there's there's at least some interesting stuff with that group. But when you get down to like trying to guard Nikola Jokic, yeah, they're going to struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's fair if they don't. I think the Lakers are better than the Warriors right now, though. So I would say the Lakers would be three. Yeah, okay. the, the the Harden trade doesn't go through. I'm assuming it goes through, and I think the, the Lakers are going to be three or four. I think that should be your best, four best team. I don't know if that's your four best records, though, if that makes yeah. sense. No, of course. Like I, I think the Kings, having the continuity that they do, they could still push for that. Uh, the Grizzlies, probably not, just given that they're missing. What's the name? Right what's in. the dude's name, the EuroLeague MVP they just signed? Uh, oh, God, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I read that. And I'm like, I am not going to process that until game one. Like, that's just not going to happen. But yeah, uh, it's, is uh, it Vezenkov or something like that? Euro, let me see. Euro League. I want us to get his name right. Uh, MVP. It's uh, Sasha Vezenkov. Uh, yeah. Okay. Ben- that was pretty Vendikoff. close. Yeah, three-year, $20 million deal with the Kings. They re-signed Trey Lyles and Harrison Barnes, and then they just signed Sabonis again. So, yeah. Thunder, Thunder also signed uh, Vazna Micic, So They did. Uh, Vazna Micic, sorry. So, wait, wait a minute. They have they have, they have 20 players on the roster. Do you know <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> do you think, that, do you think the Nuggets can can get in there for one of those Patty Mills or Lou or any of them players? Uh, they they. Ooh, I mean, they. I guess, like, it, I. I don't see why they couldn't if they're, like, let me let me try to pull up their cap sheet just to just to see like what what we're working with here. Um, I am seeing eighteen players on their current roster. Right. Uh, guys that fit into Denver's TPE are, Patty Mills, Kendrick Williams, Poku. Austin they don't Ray. need Kendrick Williams. Stop. They need to stop doing this. They right. Who did they just draft? Who did they just draft? What's his name? Tell me his name right now. Uh, Hunter Tyson. They don't need any of these players. Stop hoarding wings. (laughs) Julian Strather, Casey Wallace. No, I'm saying who did the Thunder? They just drafted uh, Casey Wallace? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have 12 wings. 
I know. I know. They're not playing. <laughs> I thought you were yelling at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. I'm so frustrated. This is so beyond frustrating watching all these players from Nah to Kenridge. You don't need these players. You don't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Like I, I, I think that Patty would be an interesting one for Denver to add, just from like a veteran perspective. But like choosing between Patty and, and Reggie, like that's it's not a great choice. Like you're just just is what it is. Well, at least Patty's won championships and he's a great pull up shooter, three point shooter, great floor spacer. Uh, I would love I would love to have Kenrich Williams on this roster. Like I there's think- there's no way though, because we would what they would what would are they? Do they still want assets? Are they still accumulating young players? Like, do they I, want? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Uh, I think they did that with Patty. They did that with uh, with Oladipo. I think. So. And then the Magic. You just saw they just signed Joe Ingles. You have Anthony Black, Paulo Banchero, Franz Wagner. You don't need all those wings. They have Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony. You don't need guards. You I don't need these players. I recommended Denver sign Joe Ingles for the taxpayer MLE, like which was five million, and he got um, eleven million a year. I'm right. Like, Guys, I have no, I have no idea what Denver could have done. <laughs> like, there's just nothing anymore. So, it's uh, it's just uh, how the cookie crumbles, I guess. But I, man, like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of shit that they have to deal with. Like, they're gonna, Denver's gonna figure it out. But I mean, in the end, they've still got the best starting five in basketball. Like, that's that's fair. And like one one thing that I haven't really mentioned yet. Porter can still get better. Like Porter, oh, yeah. I think has has a larger room for growth than a lot of people think, because he still was very limited last year in a lot of the things that he could do. Him being able to run a pick and roll or DHO consistently would be really helpful, and he's still learning how to do that. And him not shooting fourteen percent from hey, three—that's solves it right there. Michael Porter Jr. becoming a secondary ball handler with the bench—that solves it right there. That'd be cool. That would solve it all right there. Yeah, there, there's room for them to do it, uh, and so Denver. I think I think what I'm gonna approach this next regular season with, I'm gonna approach it from a different perspective on the rotation, even than this last year, which I I, I think I, I did pretty well with. But they, I think this rotation is gonna have to evolve for Michael Malone in a lot of different ways. There's a lot that they've got to change, and they can, but if Denver wants to stay at the top of their game, they're gonna have to be adaptable, and and that's something that Michael Mullen's going to have to continue to learn. Look, I want to apologize to the audience and to Ryan. I apologize for yelling. <laughs> I was um, so scared. <laughs> but the last three days have been frustrating as I've watched all these players. They're just sitting on these teams. Right. The only thing Kenrich Williams is known for in his OKC career is being the player LeBron James hit his 38,000th whatever point it was shot versus. That's yeah. it. Let him go play for a championship team. That's all I'm saying. Nice. It'll be nice. Man, it's been good to talk to you again, my friend. Let's uh, let's get out of here. I, I think that uh, we, we've earned it. Everybody, uh, enjoy your holiday weekends, of course, and stay safe. Uh, fireworks are not something to, to mess around with too much. Buy an Uber. Yeah. Get an Uber. Get in Lyft. There's no, no excuse. Uber and Lyft. Call the friends, please. I agree. I agree. There's... There's a lot that we can go over still, but we're, we're going to save it for some future episodes. We've got plenty of opportunity to do so. Um, but for this episode, I think that's going to do it for Weekends with Swipa. Uh, any final parting thoughts, my guy? Uh, you know, life is good. July is the best month of the year. 
Stay safe. Enjoy your family and your friends and your loved ones. Don't let Elon Musk tell you that if you're on Twitter for more than 600 tweets a day, you don't have a life. It's like some people work on social media and maybe we have friends on social media. Like, I don't understand that. But anyway, don't let a billionaire tell you how you want to spend your money and use your time. You know, you could always be in, you know, hyper-capitalism and, you know, making people work for pennies on a dollar and making all your money off of them. But who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? What do I, what do I know? What do I know? I'm waiting for that blue sky invite. So if anybody's got a, anybody's got that blue sky invite, hit a guy, hit a guy up. That's, uh, that's where I want to go. We're, we're going to take this party somewhere else. That's just how it's going to be. Got he is Swipe a Cam. I'm Ryan Blackburn. Make sure to follow our channels on each of uh, Swipe a Cam and Mile High Sports channel. Go follow him on Twitter. Go follow me on Twitter. Uh, hit that like button on the way out. We will talk to you guys next weekend. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.